Mind Over Millennial contains explicit content that may not be suitable for all listeners. All views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the creators of Mind Over Millennial. The creators are not licensed healthcare, finance, or life professionals, but we're happy to share our Google expertise with you. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of Mind Over Millennial, Adulting is Emotional. My name is Lauren. And my name is Tess, and my shoulder hurts. <laughs> Tess is fucked up. Uh, would you like to tell our listeners what the fuck is going on with your shoulder? Sure. Because it's okay, disgusting. So- it's disgusting. It-, <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is not the best thing in the world. Um, Jiu-jitsu again, of course, always. What else would it be? I mean, it could be something else with me. Who, the, who knows? I can probably injure myself falling out of the shower. I have done that before. But this was jujitsu. <laughs> what? No, like I literally was in my mind. I'm like, I'm sure you've done that. And then you, <laughs> no, I've done that. I'm like, okay, good, good. We've yeah, been- no. I mean, my, my, mom, my mom broke a bone falling out of the shower one time. So I think it runs in the family. Anyway. That's painful. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways, um, so, uh, about almost three weeks ago now I was rolling and, uh, tried to lock up a submission and wouldn't let it go and got rolled over on my shoulder and neck and squished by this. He's not a large man, but he's a larger than me, man. So, you know, he's got probably 50 pounds on me and just crunched my shoulder into the mat. And, um, also end up giving me a nosebleed, which I did not even know until the match was over um, because I was so worried about the submission and trying not to lose that submission that um, finished finished the role and uh, wiped my nose with my sleeve thinking that like, I don't know, I had, you know, a booger, something. Yeah. And my sleeve <laughs> just came away so bloody. And I was like, oh, uh, <laughs> I have to take care of this now. This is so abnormal. The- <laughs> right. Um, so I get to take care of that. And I didn't realize until three days later that I couldn't lift my shoulder higher than even with my like deltoid. I can't lift it up. It it stops. Um, so just kind of, you know, toughed it out for a couple of weeks, finally decided to go to the chiropractor, um, had a whole snafu with insurance because I didn't realize that I needed a referral to go to the chiropractor that I've been seeing for 10 years. Who knew? Um, that was something we might've missed in the insurance episode because I certainly found it out the hard way, but I figured out a loophole. Loopholes are good. Um, so went to the chiropractor, explained everything. He, since he has seen me for 10 or 12 years, had some explicatives, um, as a reaction to me coming in and being like, well, this is new and here's the latest thing that I broke. Um, 
So it took, it took x-rays and uh, looks like the shoulder is rotating way too far out of socket whenever I have anterior rotation of the wrist. Uh, so they're, they're thinking it might be a possible labrum tear, which is the cartilage that holds your arm in your shoulder socket. Uh, and if it is a labrum tear, depending on how severe it is, of course, because cartilage does not regenerate, uh, that might require surgery. And because that is also the arm that I've had, cat scratch fever, a rabid dog bite, a broken something, oh, a broken elbow on that side, um, and a tendon tear. There's just a whole bunch of other things going on in the x-ray. So you can see all of the little tumors in my lymph node, and it looks like there's just spare parts and extras floating around in there. It's quite funny, and I busted out laughing when I saw it. All of this to say, my pain level is currently between a seven and an eight, and I am like at the at the verge of screaming at all times right now. And just for people that like don't understand Tess's pain level, when she broke her elbow and would come into work and would move her arm or like lean on it wrong or whatever, literally it was a broken fucking bone. She would just say, "Oh, it's like a four or a five after yelping. She would just be like, ah! and we all kind of look and be like, are you all right? Like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay. Are you in pain? Yeah, I'm, I'm in pain. What is it? It's like, it's like a four. It's like a five. Okay, cool. Go back to work. Wait, didn't you fucking break your elbow? Like, isn't there a part of your bone that's literally floating right now? Yes, yeah, there was. No? Yeah. Like, yep. this is literally Tess. Um, also to that point, when I had my kidney surgery, I think my pain level was at like a seven or an eight. Like there were very few times where it was definitely like a 10. Right. Like, you know, I had bilateral kidney stone surgery, so they went in mm-hmm. both those fuckers. And like, even still, I, I don't know. I don't like bragging about having a high pain tolerance, but it's definitely a thing for some people. Like, and then there are people that are just absolute wimps, but shit's bonkers. No, I- your arms yeah, fucked I mean, up and also that's just you like turning your wrist like that's yeah, not no, that's i thought that was you oh like this okay yeah anterior rotation so kind of as as though you're saying like welcome and you move your arm outwards that's mm-hmm. all that was in that x-ray he had me take one inwards as though you put your hand on your hip and then one as though you're saying welcome and the shoulder is just like disconnecting yeah no it's fucking disgusting um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I said that earlier. <laughs> I said it to you, and I felt <laughs> so actually much- her words were "you're disgusting." And I was like, that is oh, I mean- <laughs> that is true. So Tess sent me the pictures, and literally, like without thinking, <laughs> I just sent her back. "You're disgusting." <laughs> Fine, I understand. (laughs) I mean, obviously, it's not fine. It's it's fine, but it's not fine. (laughs) But like, Jesus, that was nasty to witness. It's a it's a spectacle in and of itself. But I'm I'm sorry you're going through it. I'm sorry. No, it's it's okay. It's 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 been really funny. And of course, I I sent the X-rays out to some friends, and because I thought they were good for a laugh. And then that brought up the fact that um, when I originally had the cat scratch uh, problem in that arm, which it metastasized in your lymph nodes, and I was about five years old, uh, my mother cut one of the tumors out at our kitchen table. Mm -hmm. And that's a 10 on the pain scale for me, because basically she just took a little scalpel and was like, whack, there we go, it's out now. 
And, you know, yeah. five-year-old me was screaming bloody murder. So, I mean, yeah. I feel like 26-year-old me would have been screaming bloody murder. <laughs> like, kids are fucking resilient. There is pain that I went through as a kid I can't even fathom as an adult, but, like, that is a whole nother level of, of extra bonkers and why Tess could yeah. definitely use more therapy. But, you know, here we are, so. <laughs> more therapy and maybe more morphine or something. I don't know. They didn't even give me any painkillers. Like, I, I've been trying to figure out what painkiller is going to knock this down because I have some Tylenol um, that's like prescription strength Tylenol, but it's not helping. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like some painkillers are better than others. I know that I never really have a great uh, reaction with like, I have been on like a whole ton of them because of all of the kidney stone issues, but like uh, hydrocodone, never that one did I'm very much. To. Yeah. Yeah, you are actually. Um what is there, tramadol? I hate my reaction to tramadol. It makes me get up and run around and be very paranoid and bounce off walls. Interesting, because it just makes me kind of like sluggish and just not care, but it doesn't get rid of pain. Yeah, it, it, gives, me, it gives me strange reactions. The way that some people freak out on like weed and THC and it makes them really paranoid, that's how I felt on tramadol. And then morphine Weird. just makes me feel drunk. See, I've never been on morphine. Um, that's the one thing that my mom always said worked well for her. I'm mm -hmm. kind of curious. Uh, she didn't like Vicodin, but when I got out of, um, surgery, I think one of the nurses gave me a Vicodin while the anesthesia was wearing off. Cause like I started screaming and I'm pretty sure I made Ian just fucking panic because I've never in my life screamed because of pain, but I was literally just like, I need a fucking painkiller. Like, all of the anesthesia is wear wearing off, and, like, I am way too cognizant and have no other painkiller. Yeah. Get me a fucking painkiller. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've screamed from pain, I think, three times in my life. The, yeah. the thing with my mom, and then uh, IUD extraction and insertion. Yeah, you had a really bad experience with that. I know that mm -hmm. I, when Mike had mine inserted, I didn't scream, but boy, howdy, that shit. Um, and when my doctor was doing it, she um, actually said that apparently, like, because I didn't know this when I was getting it, but, you know, they, they open up your cervix, which is mm -hmm. essentially the same as dilating your cervix, right? It's the same thing, same, same, um, which is what you'll be like when you give birth, if you give birth. And right. so she was just like, you know, when I had this done, I was screaming. My mom was in the room. Like, it was awful. You were great. Like, this is basically how you'll be with childbirth. And I was just like, I hate this. <laughs> like, yeah, the, the dilation wasn't what got it for me. It was the, the sounding when they sound your uterus to see how deep it is. If it's deep oh. enough to take the IED, my doctor took the little measuring stick and she pushes all the way up in the top of your uterus past the cervix area. Oh. And then she takes that out and puts the IUD in and pushes it all the way in. And so it's that last like poke that it literally feels like you're getting stabbed at it. Oh my God. I screamed bloody murder. I don't remember that. I just remember feeling my cervix being opened and I was just like, this is shit. Also, I had asked her for painkiller and she gave me Xanax and I was like, I don't know anything about anything, but that's not painkiller. <laughs> like, what? I remember I got in there and she was just like, okay, cool. Did you take your ibuprofen? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I took one 
a bit ago. She's like, okay, cool. And did you take the pill that I prescribed? And I was like, you never prescribed me a pill. And she goes, I didn't. She's like, no. She goes, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I guess like just straight up, fuck it. We'll do it live. Like, what do you mean? Like, can't you just go by the pharmacy and get me it? Like, what? What are we doing? My first one, they gave me a dilation uh, pill. It's kind of like the abortion drug, but they give you a smaller dose. So you just dilate a little bit. Uh, My second one happened to be on my cycle and she was like, oh, I'm sure it'll be fine. And I'm like, (laughs) I don't think so. I'm sorry. I know you have a medical degree, but I've been with me for 26 years. I don't think this is going to go well. It did not go well. Yeah. Uh, This wasn't the topic that I wanted to get on on emotional, but uh, doctors. Wait, this is their topic today? Lauren hasn't told me y'all. What was our original topic going to be? If you don't, it was going to be like seasonal allergies and like the fucking bullshit that exists within each season and talking about all of that. But right now, I want to talk about doctors because (laughs) we can talk about doctors. It's solid. There's a reason that my chiropractor is my is my general practitioner. (laughs) I think I have so like my grandfather was a doctor. We've talked about Mm -hmm. him before. and he did amazing things. And so I grew up having a, a pretty deep regard for the medical profession and oh, sure. professionals. I have great respect for them. Um, I don't anymore. And the reason I don't is because I, one, feel like medical degrees are being handed out like candy. Mm-hmm. Um, two, you really don't have to be intelligent. Like the older I get in my own profession... And like the further I get in it, I just realize how you can be a really smooth talker. You can have really good bedside manner. You can be a critical thinker, but you're still guessing. And that's fine. Like I have no issue with, you know, medical professionals that do admit that it's an educated guess. It's a theory. People are, it's a practice. It's not perfect. There is trial and error in almost every field. Right. But it's the medical professionals that I've run into and I've run into a lot that yeah. uh, don't listen to their patients. And that then, one, that's, that's the one. I'll, I'll get on that soapbox. Yeah, yeah. And then don't feel like they have to learn anymore or like the people that throw fits about, you know, oh, they just, they're the patient that web MD'd their symptoms and whatever. And so they think they know everything. And it's like, no, I mean, I didn't just WebMD my symptoms. Like, I looked up other professional journals. I That's, probably yeah. looked at things that you had to look at or will have to look at to mm-hmm. understand what I'm talking about. And, you know, I'm, I'm able of critical thinking as well just because I don't have the degree you have. Like, and I get that you are the professional and you get to prescribe and whatever. But, like, I don't know. I've had one doctor and the entire experience that I've had as an adult that I absolutely adored. And it was my urologist at uh, Fort Hood, who was just incredible. She really was somebody that listened and wasn't prideful, was very humble and was honest. And, you know, people that have kidney stones will say that they hurt inside their kidneys and medical professionals are just like, no, no, they don't hurt when they're inside your kidneys. They hurt when they travel. And it's like, motherfucker, have you had one? Mm -hmm. Like, don't tell me what hurts when you've never had one and at least she was honest enough where she was just like you know I get told a lot from my patients and she's a urologist so she deals with that whole system right I've I've had people that tell me that you know kidney stones hurt when they're in the kidneys we're told and we're taught that they only hurt when they travel but you know 
the thing is, is we just don't know enough about them. And that was the thing that gave me the most, like utmost respect for her was just that she was an honest professional looking to grow her skills. Right. As opposed to be the person dicking you down saying, I have the degree. What the fuck do you have? You know? I appreciate that so much because I, my entire life without meaning to, this is not a braggadocious moment. This is a, I, it's just a fact. Brag. Um, no, it's not a brag. It's not a brag. It's annoying as fuck. Um, I've always been not textbook. I've always been the exception. Yeah. No, that's always. True. Yeah. And so when I come in and I'm like, Hey, it hurts here. They're like, Oh, well then that's not what you think it is because it shouldn't hurt there. For example, um, going back to the first IUD problem, I came in and I was like, it is burning. It is stabbing. And I am doubled over, like waking up in the middle of the night, doubled over in with pain. pain. And she was like, where does it hurt? And I pointed and she's like, that's not even the right place. So finally, I just looked at her and I was like, this is where I get period cramps. Mm-hmm. It's stabbing me in the same place. I don't care if I'm pointing to the wrong area as far as like where you think it should be, but this is the same thing that hurts. And she was like, oh, well then maybe we should test for something. And sure enough, it was infected. And I was like, okay, I knew what I was fucking talking about. I'm like you, I read the medical journals. I read the whatever. I did all the fucking research and I did not come in with any WebMD shit. I came in with, well, this one went through this lawsuit and this one went through this clinical trial and this one went through this testing. And she was like, oh yeah, you know your shit. I was like, yes. Yeah. I studied this for two weeks. Like I was studying for a test before I came into my doctor's appointment. Yeah. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I've never understood that about like medical professionals in general, but like- I guess it's a professional thing, like a quote-unquote professional thing, no matter what. I understand the fake it till you make it mentality, like I fully do. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to, you know, like you said, you've you've been with you for 26 years. Like, right. You have a degree in medicine. I have a degree in me. And that's exactly. what I always say is like, I, I understand that this is not how it should work. But I also understand I'm not going to fake anything to get what I want because it, I, I want a cure. I do not want a substance to make me feel better. Right. Right. And when I, they can't understand that, it pisses me off. It's like, no, don't, don't give me painkiller. I don't need that. I need a fix. Well, I don't think anybody in the medical profession is really taught to fix anymore. I think they're taught to treat the symptom because mm-hmm. like, and this is just my, my conspiracy, which is just like, it, it benefits the system as a whole. Like it benefits big pharma when you mm-hmm. decide like, hey, instead of me actually treating what the cause is of the issue, I'm going to prescribe X painkiller or X item, and then I'm going to have this be the fix. What are you laughing at? I'm laughing so hard because I have literally sat down and argued with a doctor about what I could and couldn't do with my body. You're kidding. Uh Uh-uh. No, um, still on the whole IUD thing, just because it's this, this story was like four years in the making. So we can make one podcast episode out of it. It's fine. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking. Uh, so I go in, we find out it's infected. She's like, you know, uh, what other birth control do you want to do? And I was like, I'm, I've done all the research again. Uh, I'm willing to try a, um, diaphragm which is a completely outdated method of birth control, but it works uh, if, you do, if you use it right. 
and I'm willing to try natural family planning. And she was like, okay, well, those are statistically, uh, as far as the numbers that the FDA puts out or, you know, whichever journal you want to look at, um, those are much lower percentage of, you know, stopping conception or preventing conception than anything else. So if the 30% chance for the diaphragm or, you know, whatever for natural family planning comes into play and you have to, you have to do something, you have to deal with the fact that this has failed, what are you going to do? And I named off the four things that I would do. And she goes, those don't work. What? What? And I said, you might have your internet browser set to the USA, but trust me, they work. They might be Middle Eastern medicine, but trust me, they work because I've never once had a kid pop out of me. And she was like, no, they don't work. And I said, okay, see if I ever come into you needing one. See, bet. I will bet you money. Never did. See, and that's the other thing that I don't think people really understand too about like just contraception in general and like, or just family planning in general too. Is like, you know, the further that I go into this journey of fertility, Mm -hmm. family planning and all this extra bullshit. um, I had a friend that I worked with um, in college and she is now in the medical profession And she literally even told me, she was just like, I had no idea how hard it is to actually get pregnant. And I was just like, yeah. And you went to medical school. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, like, this is just how uneducated people are when it comes to like women in general and just like women fertility and what people aren't fucking taught at all because like you just shouldn't touch a vagina unless you're married and you want to have a kid and then it's like oh hey i want to have a kid and guess what no kids for you fucker you're infertile and we can't explain why because we've never done the fucking research to figure out why and we just don't give a fuck like (laughs) well i mean now that we've now that we've gone down this rabbit hole, I never thought to mention this to you because I've always done the anti-child research. Um, but I would set your browser to a different country and research fertility from another country standpoint. Because oh, I have. I have. There's tons of herbs. There's tons of supplements. There's tons of things that can be done. Like there's even acupuncture. Like you can do a ton of fucking shit. But it's just it. The the thing that's continuously bonkers to me is that there are proven ways to treat quote unquote, unexplained infertility. And even still, I go to a doctor and I get put on a a medication for uh, type two diabetes because I'm overweight. It's like, okay, I understand that I'm overweight, but also I am probably at least like 80% muscle, 20% fat. And as a female, that's what I should be. Right. Healthy. Uh, just because my shoulders are fucking gigantic and my legs are also fucking gigantic because like- Well, you're Dutch. Well, I'm Dutch, one. Two- um, BMI was also made for like fucking Italian men in the 1930s. Yeah, BMI it's not, is crap. It, it's not real. <laughs> like, BMI is crap. According to BMI, I'm borderline overweight. Yeah, and that's horseshit because you're literally a stick figure. But also, like, <laughs> I can like my my max and like Ian all the time is like leg press doesn't fucking matter. But like my max leg press like two two months ago was 600. Now that I've been trying to like lean out and do more cardio and everything, I'm down to like 540, which sucks. But like, hey, that's what I can fucking do. But like, how many other people can like press 540 pounds? I can't. I I can almost deadlift 200 pounds. And I never even tried deadlifting before until like two, three months ago. I can't do that either. Three or four years ago. My back's fucked up. 
Well, you can't do a lot because your back is fucked up and your shoulder now. So please don't try to lift anything oh, I at this point. No, my back's been fucked up for forever because I have that birth defect in my lower spine. Right. I mean, you're just, you're, you're, you're a case study. In, oh, I know. In medical and journal. <laughs> that's the reason that I actually, I am a case study in medical journal. I know. Because I've had multiple rounds of cat scratch disease and they can't explain why and they can't explain the lymph node thing. So yeah, no, I am in medical journals. Um, but no, that's why I love my chiropractor down at San Antonio. Shout out to Dr. Grimm uh, because he literally sat me down and told me one day, he was like, the first two years I treated you, you annoyed me because you would stand up and be like, you missed one. And he'd be like, I did not fucking miss one. And then I would point to it and he'd go back and do like the little, you know, did I miss one? And he'd be like, you were right every time. <laughs> so, now, so now every time we finish an adjustment, he's like, okay, take inventory. Tell me what we missed. <laughs> See? But like, again, like that is a medical professional, like Eastern medicine, whatever. Like it's still a medical yeah. professional that is listening. And like, that's, yes. that's the thing. Like that is the important thing too. Like, I, I don't fucking know. But... <laughs> He's like, you annoyed me. I love you, but you annoy me. But it's like, it's, it's bonkers. Like, and, and just imagine the rapport that you can build with people if you just fucking listened. And that's true. Just and, listen, please. Yeah, like, it's, it's true. I know you fucking profession. But anyways, um, th- now that I, I went on this little rant, I just want to, you know, point out something that is educational for people that maybe are thinking of doing, you know, natural family planning or whatever, like, a, a female is only fertile for like 16 to 24 hours. That's it in, in one cycle. So like if you yep. have an irregular cycle, there's a chance that you might ever, never get pregnant at all. Like ever, even if you <sighs> wanted kids, like it's entirely possible. And yet people are acting like you can just pop out a baby whenever the fuck you want because dudes are, because it's all about the dudes because dudes are always fucking fertile. Like, you know what? If we want to solve this problem, figure out birth control for men. Let them have the problems because we are literally fixing a problem that only exists for 16 to 24 hours out of a day for maybe 12 times a year. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, no, I have, I have several Catholic friends. My very best friend from childhood is Catholic. And so they do a bunch of national family planning and like her whole family and extended family and everybody because uh, contraception was not an option and 80% mm-hmm. of my hometown was Catholic. So contraception was not an option. There was a lot of unplanned pregnancies. Um, so I just grew up understanding what that was and understanding that that was a viable option if practiced correctly, all that kind of thing. And it's, is not like, I mean, they have apps where you can get your temperature, they'll graph it for you. They'll do everything. And it's just, it's crazy to think, you know, you're fertile one, maybe two times a month. If you're a weird one, if you have that last ditch thing that your body does before it starts its cycle, but like, yeah, no. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely bonkers. And then there's so many things that like fuck up women realistically. Like we still don't know the effects of birth control or different birth control. We're using multiple types of birth control for women that we literally put in our bodies and all of these other things. And it's just like in India, there's a serum that like literally it's just a fucking shot that you get in your arm. It makes men infertile until they don't want to be infertile anymore. And then they get to take it. They just get to wash it out with like, I get, I think it's like, it's, it's some saline solution. They mm-hmm. just get shot in their arm again. And then they're fucking good to go. Like, why can't we do that? <laughs> just, if, just put all like, make that the mandatory. You want to talk about mandatory vaccines, make that a mandatory fucking vaccine for 14 year olds. And then when they get married, give them another <laughs> shot. <laughs> what kind of bullshit? 
but again, I don't. I that don't would know. be funny. It's it's like a reverse bris at yeah. your wedding. You get the saline shot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At your wedding, I'm not advocating for mandatory anything. Just to be clear, because I can't I can't get on the mandatory anything train. I'm not either, except for like meningitis and polio. Like at least get those and mumps. Those just just take care of yourself and your children or mumps. Don't don't do the mumps thing. That makes people well. Then I'm, as well so I'm off your list because I haven't had one of those three. Really? Yup. Oh, it's a good thing. It's a good thing you didn't get. Oh, I wasn't working when we met. I wasn't working there when I got. I got viral meningitis. I have not had the meningitis. The spinal, whatever one. I got the waiver. No, you don't. You don't have to get a spinal tap in order to get it. Mm-mm. Not the spinal tap. It's whatever vaccine you have to have to go to college in Texas. Yeah, I think it's like spinal meningitis or something like that. I don't have that one. I got the waiver. Why? Didn't want it. Vaccines just make me feel like crap. Interesting. Okay. I mean, maybe maybe with your genetics, you're, I don't know, automatically immune to it. You don't seem to get sick very often, so. I don't know. I mean, I've had all my fucking rabies shots because I was bit by the rabid dog. Well, all of all the rabies shots in the world on your wrist, yeah. Which is just shit. Well, no, but that's, it's a seven-week thing. Yeah, no, I know. I, yeah, well, no, I always, I, I always talk about the ones in my hands because it's where I got bit, and that was like a traumatic experience to have your hands shot full of gamma globulin in the, the in the bite mark. But like, it's a seven week shoulder after shoulder after shoulder, and we had to go in and yeah, yeah, fun stuff, fun things. Please vaccinate your dogs. Yeah, for real. If you're not going to vaccinate your kids, vaccinate your fucking dogs. Which, I've been like, dealing with that this week too. Um, yeah, tell tell our listeners about poor Athena. Poor Athena. So, um, Caleb's dog, he, he came to visit me this week cause he was going to pick up his stuff, uh, to take him to that local job somewhere up North. Um, and poor baby. So sick. I took one look at her and I was like, Oh no. Oh yeah. no. Then we should go to the vet. So I texted a good friend of mine who works at several different vets in the area and asked him for a 24 hour clinic or a after hours clinic or something. So I was like, I don't, want to take her home and expose Sammy yeah, uh, without knowing what it is. Cause she looked, Oh, she looked bad. Like she's, she's a six month old puppy. She didn't wag her tail when she saw me. She didn't get excited. She didn't anything. Um, and it turns out that she's got, she's got parvo. So she's being treated for parvo right now. Um, it just, you know, it's, it happens and she had some of her puppy shots, but she didn't have all of them and going to truck stops and being the truck dog and all that kind of stuff. It's just, yeah. Yeah, okay. so I, I'm hoping I'm hoping she's gonna pull through because Caleb caught it really quickly, which is really good. Um, proud of him for that. You know, he watches her 24/7, and they're inseparable, and it's really cute. And so, hopefully, within the next week or so, she'll be out. She'll be back to her bouncy little self. Was she having any symptoms other than just being lethargic at this point? Or uh, she was lethargic. She was throwing up. She couldn't keep water down. She had diarrhea. Okay. So, I mean, it's it was pretty much the gamut. And I mean, looking at her eyes, the under skin part of her eyes was the wrong color. Her gums were the wrong color. Yeah. Uh, didn't smell right. Uh, Lauren and I had this really big conversation <laughs> about smell last night. I don't know if we want to bring that up or not because it might borderline creepy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can tell people about your superpower. I don't care. It's not a superpower. I didn't even know it was weird because like I said, I, my mom does the same thing. It's fucking weird. It's a superpower. It's fine. You should be on the boys. It's all right. We get it. The who? The boys. It's a. You shouldn't be on the boys because you're not an anti-hero. But it's a. 
I it's mean, a, I probably am an anti-hero. Let's be uh, honest at this point. Well, maybe, maybe it's a, it's basically a, it's a superhero show about how superheroes uh, become like celebrities and become the scum of the earth. And it's just, it's a very interesting uh, look and take on the idea of superheroes. Solid. I like it. Anyway, yeah. what what we're talking about is, and I grew up with this because I didn't know it was weird. I can catch, I can not only identify a person by their smell, but I can catch moods. I can catch mood changes. I can tell you sometimes where you've been or what you've been doing just based on either smelling you or smelling your breath. So Tess is a psychic of smell. She's a bloodhound. What? With I didn't know powers. this was weird. Because my, my, my mom used to do it whenever she worked at like a place with an elevator. Sammy rolled over and scratched my desk and scared the shit out of me. I'm sorry. I just hear scratch, scratch, scratch. What was that? Um, when she worked on an elevator, she'd walk in the elevator and be like, oh yeah, Al rolled the elevator last. Because of the very easily identifiable smell. Or like, I remember the cologne that my first crush ever wore. Because Whoa. that was what he smelled like. And I was like 12. And I remember what he smelled like. And if I ever smelled that cologne again, I'd be like, oh yeah, this person wore that. Wow. See, like, and, and I do know that smells are attached, like the olfactory part of your brain is also mm-hmm. attached to the memory part of your brain. I don't remember like what the, that part of the brain is. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be the olfactory part. I don't fucking know. It's been a bit, I work in IT. I don't deal with that shit anymore, but I don't know. I do know that they are intertwined. So I get, I understand the, I smell this and then I can be transported back into, you know, this memory, i.e. this emotion. Yeah. Um, I, that's, you, a, that's a big one. Yeah. Um, but also just the identification factor. I went over to a friend's house a couple of weeks ago and um, it was late at night and I had asked him like, hey, where are you in the house? Like, I don't, I know you're not in this area, but I don't know where you are. I'm not sure where I'm looking for you. And he didn't respond. And so I walked into the house, noticed that somebody was sleeping on the couch. And so I went and I just like a couple of inches cracked a couple of doors open and sniffed. And I quickly found out which room he was in because he has a very distinct smell. And it's not a bad smell. It's not B.O. It's just like, oh, I know where you are because I can smell you. You know, and I, I, I asked Tess. This is not that creepy to me. This is just how I function. No, I don't, I don't think it's creepy. But like the initial thought that I had was... Well, that makes me really self-conscious because now I don't want to know what I smell like. It's, it's, it's not a bad thing. Like, I can also identify when people have a mood change based on their breath. Like, if somebody's in my face and they get turned on or they get angry or they get scared, your breath changes scent. That's bonkers to me. That's absolutely bonkers. I mean, I knew it was a thing because this is how dogs tell if you're scared of them. Well, yeah, changes. but you're not a dog. No, I'm a cat. <laughs> That is true. You are a cat. You are a cat. I mean, this is this is very anti-robot, so I guess this is like the the bionic part of it. I don't know. So or the organic the, part, not the bionic part. I mean, yeah, I was going to say bionic is still robot. Uh. Yeah, confusion. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I don't. I don't know, man. It's a. It's an interesting biological factor that you contain that I don't think I, I, I don't know. I'd be, I can tell that it makes you uncomfortable and I'm so sorry. Cause it, I think it's just funny. It, it doesn't make me uncomfortable. I just wish, I wish that I could like harness that power. Like it doesn't make me uncomfortable. I just wish that it was something that 
I could do. I mean, just consciously think about it the next time you're in a position to do that. I'd be like, I don't smell that well and I don't want to be that close to somebody because as soon as I do smell things, like it immediately makes me either want to throw up because they're unpleasant. Oh, I meant like with Ian. Oh, I don't want to do that with him either. (laughs) Well then, I'm not going to be able to harness the power if you don't try. I don't want to pay that. I don't know that he, like he, he's You don't want to pay that much attention to your husband. Oh, that came out really bad. No, that's not. (laughs) Oh, that's not what I meant. Um, I, I just, I don't, I don't know. I feel like I would constantly just make him mad and then I would just know whenever he's mad at me and it would just be I'm not over here being like, what do you feel like? I don't do that shit because no one's ever noticed. I don't, that's, that's also not what I'm saying, but I would have to do that to him and that would be annoying. <laughs> well, still, let me smell your breath. <laughs> I'm just not gonna, just not gonna, I'm just not gonna be that person. And plus, like, I just, and we had this conversation too, like, I just, I pick up on the vibes mm-hmm. and I, I can kind of, like, see where a vibe is going before it even happens anyway. Yeah. So I just, if it's not, if it's not worthwhile to me then I just leave and I don't know like I, I I always end up with like really like prickly feeling on the back of my neck not like not like you're like when you're scared or anything but just like whenever a mood changes in any sort of negative fashion like that's just my immediate visceral reaction is just like oh that joke didn't land or this conversation is going south because that particular part of what I said is not being understood correctly. Yeah. Like it, it's like an immediate like thing, like somebody is grabbing my neck. So like, I get it, that. well, I mean, I don't get that cause that's not my response, but I understand your, what you're saying. Yeah. So that's what I can equate to it. It's definitely not your superpower. And I don't know that I want, again, I don't it's think I want superpower. superpower. I it's didn't superpower. know it was weird until yesterday. It's a superpower and it's fucking weird. And it's okay. fine. <laughs> you don't have to care. No, I'm just thinking over here. Every time somebody asks me like, what superpower would you have? If you could have a superpower, I've always said like telekinesis or, you well, know, that makes sense. I mean, I'm not anything like that, but no, I'm, I'm stuck with a super sense of smell. <laughs> Yay. That's my superpower. It's fucking lame. That's what you have. That's not what you want. I'm just saying difference. if I'm actually going to get a fucking superpower, this is not the one I want. Well, I mean, I'll I mean, take it because it's definitely saved my ass a few times, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, that is, I, I never take for granted the sixth, the sixth sense that, we are dealt with and I feel like every person has one yeah that keeps no I'm I'm being I'm being completely satirical over here you shouldn't be because being a bloodhound is an honor oh no I'm being satirical about the fact that I hate it I definitely rely on it way more than I should (laughs) exactly you're a bloodhound what's the what's the what's the cat version of a bloodhound is there a cat I think we know enough about cats to identify that all cats because all cats are the same apparently that's what Tumblr I, says. I don't. I don't. I don't think cats are the same. I think cats are awesome. I. You know how cats like mark you as theirs, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, they pick people. You don't get to pick a cat. A cat picks you. No, no, no. But how do they mark mark you? Oh, I don't know. I know that they bring you presents and stuff like that. I've never had a cat. They so what? I'm think. sorry. You... Oh, they bring presents and stuff like dead birds. Oh no, no, no. I'm talking about marking you as like I like this human. Um, they spit on you. They spit on you? How do cats spit? Yeah, if a cat really likes you, 
they will dribble, drool out of their mouth and then rub themselves like their face on you to mark with their scent. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Cats mm-hmm. are weird. I you, mean, you haven't spit on thanks. me, have you? <laughs> do it while you were awake. I mean, ew, we shared a bed <laughs> in Nashville. I, know, I trusted kidding. you. I've never spit on you. It's fine. Mm. I think I, I licked your nose as a joke one time. I think you did too. <laughs> I can't confirm or deny. I think there might have been alcohol involved, but I think I licked your nose once. I'm, I, I know for a fact you bit me on the thigh. You wouldn't stop biting me. I warned you first. This I is said a if really, you don't stop, then I'm going to fucking bite you. <laughs> this is devolving so quickly. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I warned you. I didn't just come out and chomp. I warned you. You bit me again, so there you go. Okay, well, <laughs> mine were more enjoyable than what you did to me, and that's you all. needed to stop! That's all I'm gonna say about that. That's I wasn't it. doing it for your enjoy- Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, you weren't. There was a bruise. Oh, no! <laughs> I said stop or you will pay. Oh, God. Okay, <laughs> With so- your flesh. Cats dribble, drool on people. I mean, Samson does that all the time, but that's just because he's a licky boy. I don't, I think, I think that dogs are just like the most, they're the epitome of loving. So. I mean, Sammy's kind of a cat personality, my Sammy. So I don't know. Because sometimes I'll ask him for a hug or a kiss and he'll just look at me and walk the other way. I'm like, thanks. Fuck you too. That's Sadie. That's Sadie too. Sadie is definitely, if, if there were a regal cat as a dog, it is Sadie. But yeah. Anyways, I think, I know. I, I think we had a successful adulting as emotional, honestly, just ripping on doctors. And I mean, I'm that's definitely has me emotional lately. And <laughs> like I said, I need, I need painkiller because I'm trying to drink whiskey and it's not working and it hurts so bad. And I miss jujitsu so much because that's my stress relief. That's my therapy. And I've been off for like two and a half weeks now. I was texting a friend of mine. We'll call him Badger because everybody who actually writes in my life has a nickname. His is Badger. Um, And I was like, I'm about to climb a wall. I can't climb a wall because my shoulder's broken, but I'm going to climb a fucking wall. And he was like, why? (laughs) Because I can't do jujitsu. I can't get my emotions out anywhere. And he was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as Tess says that she's going to climb a wall, just in case anybody that, you know, listens knows Tess, if she tells you I'm about to climb a wall, like you need to find her and give her a hug and hot chocolate or some shit with some Baileys in it and just let her, just let her ignore you. Just (laughs) pretend that you're there or play Mario Kart or something. Last night, we're all standing around and Caleb comes up behind me and he's trying to be cute. He grabs me by both shoulders and like does the fake pickup oh, and move. No. <laughs> I almost cried. Oh. No. <laughs> so I walk over to another friend of mine and I'm like, ah. he he wasn't thinking he was trying to be so nice, but ow. Yeah. Oh no. I'm sorry. That sucks. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm just ranting at this point. I don't think we have much episode left. 
No, I personally don't. But Tess, where can where can our people find <gasps> us if they want to find you us? You can find us if you want more ranty episodes. We promise to do a little bit more intellectual one next time. Um, but if you want more episodes, please follow us on Instagram at Mind Over Millennial Podcast. We also take requests because sometimes we have trouble with like coming up with a topic. Today might have been one of those days. So if you want to request a topic, please. Uh, send us a direct message on Instagram, or we also have a Gmail at mindovermillennialpodcast at gmail.com. And we love you guys so much. Thank you for bearing with us through this episode. And thank you for bearing with me through my pain, because it's real hard to put on a happy face right now. We love you guys so much. And we'll see you on the next one. Bye guys. Mind Over Millennial Music by Zach Era and Gabriel Ramos. We are funded mainly by ourselves, but we're not too proud to ask for support. Feel free to drop us a line to learn how you can keep learning from our mistakes and Google sources, of course.